Welcome back, everyone, to the Seeing Second Podcast. Uh, we are now in round two of our quarantine pod. D Street Studios is still shut down for fumigation, so we are live from our secret Zoom locations. As always, find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and podcast.com. We still love to hear you, hear from you guys through our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Or, like always, email us at seeingsecondpodcast at gmail.com. Boys, we're back together. Let's start with what's good. Andy, what's good? You know, we're just getting uh, ready for the baseball season to start. Our first game is Thursday, and uh, so it's been kind of a hectic last couple of weeks since we, we last were together. And so um getting a lot more sun and i'm getting i'm working way harder than i have been the last eight weeks or so danny what's good what's good is we talked about sports returning in our last episode uh we talked a little golf and there was the first uh pga event since uh covid hit last weekend it was the colonial in fort worth uh so i was excited to watch some golf and I also I also tried a DraftKings uh, contest. I don't know if you guys have ever used DraftKings at all for any. Mostly, it's daily fantasy football. I think that people use it for. But I put together a little golf squad, um, and actually had the winner in my squad. So uh, it was pretty fun way to watch golf, picking your squad, having a little money on the line, and it kind of made me think. I've talked about this before maybe with a few of you guys, but getting a little sick of normal fantasy football. And I thought it'd be neat if you could create your own contest on DraftKings or FanDuel or something and just invite like 10 of your friends and pick a team each week using the salary cap rather than uh, the traditional way that fantasy football works. So I might try to get something like that together once, uh, once NFL football starts. It was it was it was a fun way to to watch golf, and I can imagine it'd be a fun way to to do football too. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in need of a another fantasy league. <laughs> Brandon, what's good? Um, I got a book that I've been using for grilling called "The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling" by Meathead Goldwyn, <laughs> and uh, for all the hashtag grill dads out there uh, i would say grill dads i see what you did there <laughs> um i i recommend it like i from before if i was going with like a madden rating my grill rating might have been like uh maybe a 65 or something like that and i'm probably up to a 72 now it's it's a pretty good uh good explanation of how to make different things and like why you do things to, or why this particular author grills and smokes things the way that he does so i've enjoyed kind of using that as i've been uh grilling is this the book that i get you to send me screenshots of (laughs) yeah i always text brandon i'm like hey what do you got for this particular cut of meat and usually i get a couple uh couple photographs of his book so i feel like i also have that book uh but i didn't have to pay for it and uh i'd be impressed to try some of some of the meats that you've been grilling because some of the things that I get uh, look a little too complicated for me. Brandon, you uh, you mentioned your Madden rating. 
what would you say your awareness rating is now in terms of, of grilling? Because I remember a few years ago, the guy who was like rated the worst overall in Madden, like wrote this huge, huge uh, Facebook or Twitter post about how his awareness rating was so low that he'd probably struggle like getting out of bed. So what, where do you put your awareness rating at on the grill? Um, I would say if it's something that I've made before, my awareness is probably, it fluctuates, but it, in that case, it's probably like an 80. But if it's the first time I've ever done it before, then my awareness is probably close to a three uh, because <laughs> the, every problem seems like it's compounded and I feel like I'm rushed for time and, and things are drying out or overcooking or whatever. But if it's something I've done before, then I feel my awareness yeah. is much better. Just, just so the listener knows, we've got, uh, you might have mentioned this, a, a pellet grill, and then what would you call the other one? Um, it's uh, um, acorn Kamado, like one of those kind of ceramic egg yeah. type of deals uh, that you can use charcoal and wood in as well. Now, I know that it might have been about a year ago that you did start the Traeger grill on fire. What would you say your awareness was at that point? Uh, I was reading a book at the time, so uh, my novel reading awareness was like 100, <laughs> but uh, my awareness of anything else from the giant flames that were coming out of the little grease thing and the, and the chimney and everything else were quite high. It's the first time I ever used a fire extinguisher. I actually, I'll admit, I did the same exact thing, grilling some steaks on my Traeger, and it, like, scorched all the paint off the side of the thing, and so now my kids will walk by, and they'll see it, and, the, and they continue to just ask me about it, like, what's going on here? Like, well, a little mistake. Maybe you like, hey, you remember the time you almost burned the house down? And I always <laughs> say, no, but I do remember the time I saved the house, you know, <laughs> you know what way you look at it nothing like getting punked by your own 12 year old kid huh Danny it happens a lot it's like a a uh, quarantine standard now yeah get punked all the time what's we good good what's good from Kyle yet no and I'm kind of excited for mine and I finally have uh kind of an end to a story that we started a long time ago so if you guys remember pre-quarantine I, I issued a little bit of a challenge uh, in terms of uh, we were all supposed to write handwritten letters to somebody famous to see who we could get something <laughs> back from. And all of this stemmed from me when I was little doing some pretty crazy things. But I have a couple of, of kind of endings to these stories. So the first one, and this is kind of more show and tell, and since everybody can see what I'm doing, I'm going to have to kind of do a little explaining here. Uh, this first one that I'm gonna show you guys over Zoom, okay, if you can see, is a handwritten letter. It's not anything new, uh, but if you look at the bottom, can you guys see what that says there? Ralph Brown. Oh, nice. It says, your friend, Ralph Brown II. Are you guys are friends? Apparently, he called me a friend, so uh, I received this probably when I was in the, uh, this, I don't know, first, second, third grade, trying to get him to come speak to our school. Um, I must have asked him something about favorite teammate or something. Yep, because it says the answer uh, to that would have to be Mike Brown. If 
by a long shot. Uh, the reason he is my favorite teammate is because he loves the game just like I do, and he is fun uh, to watch. So uh, my mom, again, who's probably our, our most dedicated listener, heard me tell some of these stories, and, and she just started flooding me with all these things from uh, my childhood. Uh, it includes Laker magazines, me drawing uh, pictures of the Lakers, me, uh, a short story I had to write uh, about uh, my future child. Um, and so I have all of these things in my house now that are just pretty fun to look at. Can I, a couple things. One, I basically, that's your mom just trying to get rid of all this old crap. Oh, now now yep. you have to deal with it. Yep. Second of all, sorry, Andy, were you going to say something? Yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and go first, though. It's hard, you've it's, already... hard to take, it's hard to take social cues on Zoom. I, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that I'm assuming that's Ralph Brown while he was still in college writing to you. Yeah, it would have been just like right after his senior year, I think. Okay, because to me, that's that's more impressive than a professional athlete. Because just imagine life of a, a college student, and he's going to take the time to sit down. That looked like a full page. Nice, yeah. neat, cursive writing. So, uh, and I have pretty cool. I also forgot, and this one is framed and it's in our motel. Uh, the same time I wrote Ralph Brown, I also wrote Scott Frost, and I have a, a letter and an autographed picture from him as well. So, uh, the Huskers were pretty solid dudes from, from the 1990s. All right, so I've got a question now. Have we seen How I Met Your Mother? Yep, okay, so this sounds oddly familiar to what happens to Barney when he's a little kid because no one comes to his birthday party and his mom writes as if she's the postmaster general and says that he lost the invitations in the mail now that sounds awfully familiar to a certain Ralph oh, Brown no. second I even have and I'm luckily this is uh, over zoom and nobody else can see it I even even have on the return address home address from Ralph Brown the second now that's a little sketchy, but you could just go to wherever. Well, it... We were friends. It oh. clearly stated that. Well, and but the envelope's written in neat, regular manuscript, and the letter's written in cursive, so that's questionable, right there. Not to crush your dreams, Kyle. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to the bottom. And of does this. anyone write in cursive anymore? Well, this was 1990, whatever. Yeah. All right, now, uh, and I know I'm rambling here, but. Uh, do you, guys we do you guys remember what the what the first story that I told was that kind of led to all of this? You guys JTT. Not JTT. Not JTT. His, bro was, his brother. It was the other one. It was <laughs> Brad Taylor. And do you guys remember that story? Danny, just, just remind the fans of the story. Um, basically, you wrote a letter to this guy and wanted to know if he was a soccer player in real life because he played a soccer player on TV. Yep. And what was my concern about the letter that I had gotten back? I think that it was the same thing. It was questionable whether he actually wrote it or your mom or grandma took pity on you. Yeah. So another thing that my mom kept for all of these years and eventually found and mailed to me Boom. Zachary Ty Bryan <laughs> autograph picture. Nice. That's from when he was still kind of good looking too. Yeah, and and here's the here's the best <laughs> part about it. Okay. Does it say pal? 
no, his quote, and it says it a couple of times on the back here, think pause. Oh, that think that pause. was his go-to. Oh, that is kind like of meant, 90s right there, man. Think pause. Yep. Think pause, P-O-Z. So, yeah, Zachary Ty Bryan autographed this and sent it to me. I just want to know why that letter and that signed picture ever left. Like, why didn't you take that to Shadron State with you? Why is that not already framed in your house? Uh, it had to stay in the childhood home, I guess, for quite a while. When your mom delivered that stuff to you, was it in some sort of an old shoebox or a Rubbermaid tub? Because that's what I always get from my parents. No, she mailed this to me. Like, I've been holding on to this. As soon as she heard this, the podcast about it, she knew exactly where all this stuff was, and she mailed it to me. Wow. But, uh, so, yeah. Asking for, you should start asking or, like, mentioning that you're a little low on cash or something during these. Oh, Maybe she'll just start she, sending you checks. She would help me out there, too, if I really needed it. Uh, so, yeah, it was, like – like I said, it was never going to live up to the hype, but yeah, Zachary Ty Bryan autographed this picture for me, and I, I needed to share it with you guys. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys were here to, to see it. Uh, so uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Danny. What do we got next? Well, I think it's about time we probably talk about the NFL draft, if you guys are up for it. You bet. I'm ready. Oh, okay. Thanks. It was long, long ago when the NFL draft happened. Uh, I remember it was Brandon's idea. He was like, hey, let's all get together on Zoom, of course, and watch this draft together. We can all wear uh, the outfits of our favorite team, and we can cheer on our great picks and uh, moan about the terrible ones. Uh, me being a Broncos fan, uh, Kyle a Saints fan, Brandon an Eagles fan, and if you know anything about Andy from previous po podcasts, if it's mainstream stuff that every other person is into, then guess what about Andy Butler? He's not into it. So, of course, he didn't have a favorite NFL team, uh, but did come up with one and even uh, bought some gear. So, uh, Andy, what, what team are you rolling with this coming season? Yeah, so I – Felt like in these crazy times, I needed to pick an allegiance. Saturdays are my day for college football, but Sundays I needed to, to have a following. And so um, I chose the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think more or less just because no one either really likes the Titans or no one really hates the Titans. They're just, I could just kind of slide by under the radar. And um, so I am now a Tennessee Titan fan. and. I'm I'm glad. I, I feel like I really truly belong. Now is this, I'm not. Is this, I'm ahead. not even sure. And I, he might listen. He might not. But uh, if memory serves correct, I think our friend Billy Brock is also a Tennessee Titan. No, no. I no. think he might be. No, <laughs> no. Billy Brock, if you're listening and you are or are not a Tennessee Titan fan, be sure to reach out to us. We can put a put an end to this argument so are you prepared to talk about titans draft or do we still need to give you a little bit of time to research no i got it oh i got it okay so what'd you think what what stuck out about your new team and, and the way that they're uh trying to assemble their squad 
So going into this draft, I really had no idea what their needs were um, or who they lost or who they picked up in free agency. Or and who so, their starting quarterback is. Well, I knew that. That was pretty obvious. Um, and so I was kind of just watching to watch at first. And then after they'd make a pick, I'd see how it kind of fit what they were thinking. Um, their first round pick was an O-lineman from Georgia. And so they run the ball extremely well. And so I feel like if you get an SEC O-lineman out of Georgia, it, it's going to be a pretty darn good pick. Um, they lost Jack Conklin, uh, who became a free agent. And so I think that's going to be that just plug and play right away. Their second round pick was Christian Fulton, who played cornerback at LSU. Um, some call LSU DBU. And so that's always a good, a good pickup. The third round pick was a running back out of Appalachian State. He's a real speedster. And so uh, that's always kind of a nice uh, lightning to Derrick Henry, who's the Thunderback. Um, then after that, they, they, they went defense with a D tackle out of North Carolina State, a corner from Memphis. And Memphis is obviously not known for having a great defense. They have an explosive offense. Um, so it's not really a huge name there and then their last pick was a safety out of Marshall and so Marshall's had some decent teams in the last few years but um, picking a seventh round safety out of Marshall it might just be a death deal so overall um, as the first draft as a Tennessee Titan fan uh, I thought their first three picks were really good I thought they fit well um, so I'm just excited to see how how this fandom turns out had, had you heard of their first pick yeah yeah that's uh, something that we talked about, especially with you, Danny, just the, the Broncos drafting people you knew. That's kind of what I was nervous for. Since I did do a ton of research into what Tennessee needed, I was worried that I would know like a scheme fit that they were really trying to hit early. But, uh, you know, a, a big Georgia lineman is always a good deal. What excites you the most or, or, or what player are you interested to see out there? You know, uh, I mean, overall on the team, I think Derrick Henry, just because he looks like a uh, a big old lineman playing running back sometimes, and that's always fun. But just to see, they threw a ton of money at uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's on his second stop, which will be interesting to see if he's a long-term solution. Awesome. One of my favorite pictures of all time, sports pictures of all time, is it's right before the national championship game, and I think it's – Alabama versus Clemson or Alabama versus somebody and they both have honorary captains and so Alabama's honorary captain is Mark Ingram who won the Heisman <laughs> and is a prolific NFL running back and it has Mark Ingram standing next to Derrick Henry who was probably three four years younger than him and it looks like a dad is standing next to his son like the two of them standing next to each other a, they don't even look like they're part of the same species, and they definitely don't seem like they're playing the same sport or the same position. And it's just well, one of my favorite in, pictures of all time. And Mark Ingram's not a little back by any means, and Derrick Henry makes him look little. Yeah. Yeah, so the re reason I asked you if you'd ever heard of that O-lineman is because my uh, as a Broncos fan going into this, and, and pretty casual fan, I'll say, I always say I either want some high-profile, you know, college stud or an O-lineman I've never heard of uh, because I feel like you either need, uh, like, a big-time playmaker or 
you got to bolster up your line. And uh, the Broncos actually surprised me uh, this year. Every, everybody knew that the Broncos were light at receiver. And so knowing John Elway and, and what he's done in the past, I assumed they probably wouldn't take a receiver in the entire draft just because that would be too logical for him. Uh, That's but, what the Green Bay Packers decided to do. <laughs> but they started off with uh, with old Jerry Judy from Alabama. Uh, made lots of plays at Alabama. He's going to join uh, Cortland Sutton, who was basically the only receiver um, Broncos had last year. Did any, any of you guys know who at the end of the season the Broncos' second leading receiver was? The tight end. No, it was Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Got traded, got traded like halfway through the season. So obviously <laughs> yeah. needed a wide receiver. I think Judy will will jump in there right away as, as a starter and, and make some big plays. I'm actually really excited about uh, about the Broncos offense uh, this year. Second pick was KJ Hamler. He's from Penn State, wide receiver. I had never heard of him, to be honest, which is surprising uh, as he – he comes from the Big Ten. I don't really know what their plan is for him. I don't think he's probably going to be, uh, um, you know, a mainstay on the field. I'm wondering if it's more of a return specialist type of thing because he is one of the fastest players uh, that was in the draft. And then going along with that offense, uh, took a center. Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, um, part of that pro-style LSU offense that we saw last year. So I'm actually really excited about that because I always assume um, – I, I figure every NFL team needs help on the O-line. O like That's the one thing that people are always complaining about with their team is the offensive line. And and this guy seems like a pretty big stud there at center. And like I said, I'm I'm excited about this Broncos offense. Obviously, Elway is, is rolling with Drew Locke, which is intriguing and – they're getting a lot of press right now. I think I feel like everybody wants to pick the Broncos to do big things and or to maybe surprise some people this year. I'm not sure we're we're quite there yet, but uh, with Melvin Gordon, uh, Philip Lindsay at running back, um, you know, along with the guys that they had and the guys that they've added up, exciting time to be a Bronco fan, guys. And I guess Andy, if you want to, if if it's you know not too late if you want to make a jump switch it up you know that's one thing though uh in a draft you want to want to see him draft athletes and you know after watching the first four picks or so you could see they got better in a specific area instead of you know drafting all over the board it, it just seems like forever denver had a great defense but couldn't put up more than 10 points well, now it looks like uh, they they've got a, at least a few playmakers that can press them vertical, and they can they can do a lot more. It seems much more balanced, and I think I don't know. I don't think Drew Locke's proven himself. I think that's kind of the wild card in the thing, but at least it'll be something exciting to watch. Their their backup's Jeff Driscoll, so we may see him. He's like one of those career backup type of guys, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah, kind of like Chase Daniel. So, uh, how about how about the Saints? Well, Saints haven't really been in the news very much lately, so uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to kind of put a pin on what they're trying to do. But uh, 
kind of like you guys were saying, uh, if, if you're drafting somebody you've never heard of, it better be an offensive lineman because as a Nebraska fan, like just throwing out the name Matt Farniak, like I hear his name way too many times on Saturday and I to know that he's good because that means he's a turnstile. So uh, the Saints with their first pick, uh, had LSU linebacker Patrick Queen sitting right there in a position of need. Essentially, you could call him a hometown kid. And they went with a center from Michigan. So uh, Cesar Ruiz is the name. Uh, you could tell me he was the best center ever. You could tell me he's the worst center ever. He's the center of the line, which uh, is obviously probably the most important unit that you have on the team. But uh, not exactly what you get dressed up for on a Thursday night on a four-hour Zoom call to wait to pick 24 to find out that your team's drafting the center. Uh, I know uh, we were on the same call with uh, a fellow Saints fan that was uh, found the pick kind of puzzling. The Saints already have a pretty good offensive line. There are positions of need on the defensive side. Uh, but honestly, uh, the Saints have everything that they need to, to make a deep run. The last three years, they have lost on the last play of the game uh, on a variety of reasons. The miracle of Minnesota. Then you had the, the questionable no pass interference call on uh, the Saints receiver and then a last second field goal. And then last year against Minnesota again, Maybe it was a questionable uh, push off by Kyle Rudolph. So I don't know. I'm just, I wish we could just kind of fast forward through the regular season. I would assume that they're probably going to be around 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 13 and 3. But it's going to come down to can, uh, can they actually make the play at the end of the game to, to win it? Uh, none of their other picks, they only had four in the entire draft. Zach Bond from Wisconsin is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I honestly didn't know if he was a white guy or a black guy when, when they drafted him. Um, and then they drafted a, a tight end and then a quarterback with the seventh round pick. So wasn't the world's most exciting draft for the, for the New Orleans Saints. But again, they've, they've done a lot of work. They actually picked up Emmanuel Sanders in the, in the offseason. They, they signed Taysom Hill. So I'm always interested on what they're going to do there. But uh, the the timeline on Drew Brees is kind of running out. So I'm hoping they can kind of put it together this year and at least make the, the conference championship. Do you think uh, Taysom Hill is there to, to step in or will he always kind of be what, what he's been? I have a hard time believing that if, if they really think that he's going to be the, the quarterback of the future, I really doubt that they're going to allow their quarterback of the future to play special teams. So – I think he is what he is, and it's a pretty dynamic player that they use a lot of. I just don't think he's going to be the one that's taking over for Drew Brees. Probably, I would say that the of the four of us, the one that spends the most time maybe thinking about listening to radio shows about their team and possibly even on message boards, perhaps, is Brandon. Um, so we saved him for last. Brandon, you got any uh, thoughts you put together about uh, about the Eagles draft? Yeah, um, I've grown accustomed to being disappointed at the end of the Eagles draft. Every single year, 
every single year. And so uh, the big thing this year after uh, they had lost to the Seahawks, apparently all of the people in the front office made this list of things that they needed to do. And everybody had the same things on the list. They needed to uh, get younger and they needed to get faster and basically need to have people who like enough with a bargain hunting of getting somebody who could have gone earlier, but they, you know, tore their ACL at the combine or something like that. So, uh, and they wanted to give Carson Wentz some weapons. So um, they were nicknamed the wide receivers, the Legion of whom uh, in uh, <laughs> city this last year. And by the end of the year, that, that was pretty safe to say. Uh, so in typical Eagle fashion, trying to draft some, a wide receiver early, Jalen Rager, he fits the bill of the guy who's the speed burner, but his combine numbers show otherwise. Uh, but they say he run, he looks faster than what his numbers say. And he has a little trouble uh, tracking the ball and with some of the catches. So I'm glad that they brought another. He'll fit right in uh, with the guys <laughs> that they have there. Uh, his numbers at TCU this year were not very good in, in the Big 12. And I know it was a new quarterback and all that. But for crying out loud, it's the Big 12 where sometimes I don't think they even put 11 guys out for defense. You just go on air and you get your numbers. So I don't, I don't know. Like I question some of the stuff where maybe his heart's not in it when things start getting tough. Um, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. Maybe he can play and do some things. I don't want to just give up on him yet. And then uh, so in having an opportunity to give Carson Wentz some more help uh, in typical Eagles fashion, they do something like draft a quarterback. So uh, we get Jalen Hurts here. Uh, so obviously for the Eagles, it's an important position because our quarterbacks get hurt a lot. And it's uh, the last time they drafted a quarterback that early. I, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's Kevin Cobb uh, who they drafted. And that was like signaling the end of the Donovan McNabb era. Not that I think that Hertz can, you know, start anytime soon, but I think they see some of these other mobile quarterbacks out there and they see that Carson Wentz hasn't played an entire full season uh, since his rookie year. So uh, it, it must have been important for them to do that. Uh, so I don't know. The first two picks I wasn't real crazy with. Uh, third pick. Uh, Davian Taylor is like a kind of a raw pick, super athletic, super fast. He's an outside linebacker. He maybe played in two games in all of high school uh, because he was uh, Adventist or whatever. I, I don't know the actual denomination or anything, but uh, he he his religion wouldn't allow him to play uh, football games. So. Uh, his coach said he's probably the best scout team player he's ever had in his entire life. You know, he played a lot. Uh, you know, practiced every day and knowing he was probably better than everybody else on their team and never got a, got a start. So I'm excited to see what they can do with him, hopefully special teams. And then uh, Kayvon Wallace, safety from Clemson, just like uh, former Eagle great Brian Dawkins. And the cool thing is uh, he was a roommate with Brian Dawkins' son at Clemson. 
and uh, their family friends. So I'm excited for him. I think they may uh, try him at linebacker or kind of one of those hybrid guys. Uh, then a whole bunch of other, a couple tackles from Auburn. I mean, if they get both tackles from Auburn, maybe uh, increases your chance that one of them is going to be good. Uh, they do have a good offensive line coach. So, you know, that helps uh, with that. Um, and then uh, Sean Bradley, linebacker from Temple. I'm pretty excited about that. And, yeah, I'm not going to talk. They made like 10 picks. So, and I we'll see how it goes. Elijah Riley, defensive back from Army, uh, was a free agent pick. And many thought he was going to get drafted. And I'm excited to see him just because he – started every game for like three years for him and uh he's i mean played against michigan and oklahoma he's played against some big uh teams and held his own so i he's my kind of underdog as a guy maybe he can get on as a as a, a special team or something and maybe get it or maybe practice squad so that's kind of where the eagles are we'll see how they do they other three teams in the division, I feel like got better, and the Eagles maybe didn't get a lot better. So they'll have to do some free agency stuff and and hope that uh, Doug Peterson, the only returning head coach in the NFC East, um, especially with the uh, COVID stuff, and the other teams aren't going to be able to have their practices. Hopefully, it takes them a long time to get good. <laughs> <laughs> So that's about any, it. Any final NFL draft thoughts from anybody else? No, at this point, it's it's been long enough that I, I kind of even forgotten kind of how the, the first round shook out. Uh, I do think it's kind of crazy if you think about Alabama. They had their quarterback pick plus three wide receivers all taken in the first round. Just to me, that that's crazy. And maybe the the worst one out of the three got picked the highest it's just I don't know shows that Alabama is actually really good at football <laughs> yeah at the end of end of the season end of the college football season when coaching changes were happening and, and teams were you know making some moves I felt like I had a pretty good handle on uh on NFL rosters and now I have, you have to reacquaint myself once the once the season gets started but we got some time still I believe, and uh, maybe we ought to move on to our grand finale, Andy. Are we ready for this? Yeah, so uh, we were approached last time about maybe doing a little game on the next on the next podcast. And so what, uh, what we're going to do is play War. And if, so if you're not familiar with the card game War, uh, basically you're going to blindly is, draw a card. Who is not familiar with the card game of War? Hey, I, you know, I just want to make sure all of our listeners are on the same page. We're going to blindly draw a card. There, there are tables for war in Vegas. Last time I was there, I, I had never seen that before. There were literally people sitting at tables placing rather large wagers on games of war. Hi, Lo. <laughs> and so, and just kind of like the, uh, the game is, it's head-to-head, -head, high card wins, um, and then you take their cards. But instead of doing that with a deck of cards, uh, Brandon came across a set, a series of 1990 NFL cards. And so what we're going to do is we each have a pack, and we're going to blindly draw one, 
and tell who our, our player is and then basically kind of have a little forum to decide who ends up winning that round. Now, I believe each pack has 16 players, correct, gentlemen? So we'll have 16 rounds, and we can kind of keep track that way. Um, but, Brandon, do you want to give a little background on how you came across these 1990 NFL cards? Um, I just saw on Twitter, like, where they had some packs of uh, vintage cards or whatever uh, that they were selling on Amazon. And so I went on there and took my Super Bowl, one of my favorite video games of all time. And so it, it's around the time of that. And so I thought that'd be kind of cool. So I thought, well, if there was something we could do, some kind of a unpackaging of these cards, but also make it kind of a, I don't know, just a conversation piece or, you know, hopefully I can pronounce half the players' names, you know, and remember, you know. But uh, I thought it would be kind of fun for stroll down memory lane, you know. Just for, just for reference, I guess, for maybe for you guys and for the listeners, I was curious. Um, I feel like whenever you open up a pack of cards or cards that people have from long ago that are valuable are rookie cards. Like you're always looking for some somebody famous rookie card. Uh, so I looked up the 1990 draft, or this is the, the draft for the 1990 season. Um, and I just want to point out a few things or maybe uh, maybe quiz you guys a little bit. Anybody know who the number one pick in the 1990 draft was? Barry was Sanders. Quarter Quarterback from Illinois, drafted by the Colts. Spielman. Jeff George. Oh. Yeah, he was my pick. favorite quarterback to play with in NFL Game Day 2000. See? The old Washington Redskins. And he is a 10-year vet by then. So uh, I scrolled down through uh, on, on Pro Football Reference to try to find how many players drafted in 1990 made the Hall of Fame because I figured if you can get a rookie card of somebody that made the Hall of Fame, that's a pretty valuable card. And if we're going to be opening up these packs of football cards, we got to be looking uh, to make some money. And then, then we can argue about if we sell those, uh, do, do each of us individuals get to keep that money or do we have to give it to Brandon because he bought all these cards and we actually haven't even paid him for them yet. Uh, but we can, we can argue about that it's later. So gift. it's, it's my uh, happy summer gift to you all. Okay. Well, we'll see when I hit one of these four NFL hall of famers that were drafted in 1990. I won't ask you guys to name them because I might, that might be a little bit hard. Um, so let's do this first round. Uh, third pick of the entire draft was Cortez Kennedy. Anybody know Miami. Where he went to college? Miami. Miami. Uh, anybody know who he was drafted by? Cowboys? Drafted by Seattle. Oh. And I'll be honest, I don't know much about Cortez Kennedy and his NFL career, and I probably couldn't tell you, um, you know, what jersey he wore going into the Hall of Fame. Up next – First round, fifth pick overall, a linebacker from USC, drafted by San Diego. Seau, Junior Seau. Junior Seau. How would you like to pull um, out a Junior Seau rookie card out of, out of one of these packs? I'd uh, love it, Danny. Se you would love it. 17th pick overall, 
a Florida running back drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. That's Emmett Smith. Yep. I mean, can you imagine if in this pack of cards you had an Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith rookie card? And then here's the one that stuck out. The 192nd overall pick of the draft. So this is in the seventh round. A legend. And you can still hear him on radio and TV today. Drafted to play tight end from Savannah State. By the Denver Broncos. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Now, I would I tell you what, if I could pick any of these Hall of Famers out of this pack of cards, it'd be good old Shannon Sharp. So, shall we get going, or does anyone else have anything they want to talk about before we start rifling through these cards? Are we really doing 16 rounds? That might seem, that seems like a lot. I'd say we can see uh, how long it takes. Okay. But my only comment, and this is, has nothing to do with the cards, but I think everybody kind of suffers from this. When you think of the year 1990, how long does that seem like? How long ago does that seem? I, I wouldn't it, know. Seems like fourth grade to me. <laughs> when somebody says 1990, I think that it's like 10 years ago. I, I'm the same way. Like anything in the 90s to me seems relatively recent. Yeah. Like just it, as soon as we got to year 2000, that's it was just like the stop in time where like, you said how long ago was 1975? I'd probably say 25 years ago. And it's just crazy to think that that's just how my mind works. But let's do some cards. All righty. So if you would, go ahead and open your pack enough to not be able to see any of your cards. Oh, unless Kyle's already looking at it. Too late. I already saw my first one, and I already have a question about it, but I won't <laughs> say it yet. All right. First card. I've got um, Al Toon. Wait, you got to say go or something. Oh, yeah, oh, I don't think we need the drum roll on all these picks. Just say, yeah, say something. Al Toon. <laughs> <laughs> John go. Stevens from the Patriots. Oh, for two of hearing of those guys before. Running Kicker. back. Yep, Low Miller. Probably scored a lot of points. <laughs> and look at this. I got Clay Matthews of the Browns. And so my only question is, this yeah, guy that, that is has me. a big mullet. And he is an outside linebacker. So is that uh, – I, I think that's his – that's the same one. Because I know his, his brother played in the NFL. And, like, so there's two boys and then the dad all played in the NFL. Yeah. So that's so pretty cool. Alt, Altoon's son – also pl played Wisconsin. in the NFL for like a year. Yeah, they both went to Wisconsin. So we got two legacies with the first pick. Nice. I have a offensive rookie of the year right here, but I've never heard of John Stevens. So I'm I'm giving that to Danny. Danny, chalk one up. You think Clay Matthews goes on? Yeah. Yeah, I like Clay Matthews. Yeah. Especially okay. a legacy of the kids. That's a cool card. Good old Browns. All right. I like how we're all holding them up for each other to see, like we really care about the. Uh... <laughs> for the listeners at home, his eyes are directed right at the ball on the tee with the laces out, and is just getting ready to swing that leg through. Actually, can you hold that one up again? Because that's a, that's a funny picture. You might have to like put that one on Twitter because he's got a he's got a little towel in the front, 
He's definitely one of those kickers that dresses up to be like a uh, a running back or something because he wants to look cool, but he's just the kicker. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. All right, round two. So Danny's up one nothing. If we're gonna really keep scoring, card, and I'm already I won the whole thing. All right, here we go. Round two, and go ahead and look at your card. Barry oh, snap! Barry Sanders card. And Barry Sanders, y'all. Now, just on the back, it only shows their previous year stats, or does that mean I don't know what year Barry Sanders went to? That would be like the 1989. um, Oh, wait. Well, right below their position, it says college and then year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this would be Barry Sanders' second year. That's a that's a good card right there, man. That's not bad. Who's what? who'd you get, Brandon? Rufus Porter. The that's uh, the old name team. World fan tackled Barry Sanders many times that 1990 season. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so Danny with a commanding 2-0 lead. Yes. Oh, 2-0 I, lead. Was, Might as well just pick two and then be done. I was Round yelling about. I was yelling about Barry Sanders and actually didn't hear what Andy or Kyle had. I didn't even read it. Mine's <laughs> mine's from the ugly uh, orange and red Tampa Bay Buccaneer days. Oh, the, Not the, their the best. The creamsicle. Ones. The white Ruben Davis. Mine was Stanford Jennings. He's a fullback slash kick returner. Mm. <laughs> fullback slash kick returner? Best. So I have a suggestion on the fly because I'm guessing that we could go through like my next guy is a kicker, but this is what I think because I thumbed through my cards already just because uh-huh. I needed I needed to see a guy I've heard from. How about we thumb through our remaining cards and we pick our top three? And Danny, you can still use Barry Sanders, but I think we'd get more out of it actually discussing some of like the top top three guys from each card. I also have a Super Bowl trivia card. Oh, yeah, I think we all got one of those. Just Ooh. you two got those ones because we had season one and season two. And since I didn't talk to him in person and I wasn't sure which set of cards you had won, I gave you guys the one with the, with the motion changer ones. They need wow. test of All right, so are we going to pick our top three? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man, I got another good one. I got a good, I got a good pack here, guys. I'm pretty top heavy. If I if I threw out the name Sean Landetta, could any of you name the position? <laughs> uh, wide receiver. No, he's a punter. Look at this punter. Look at this picture. Single bar face mask <laughs> on the old like just carpet turf. I'm I'm looking here. A guy by the name of Dave Krieg. And I know it's hard for you guys to see, but Danny, can you see the college on that? Uh, I'll tell you. Milton. 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 I didn't know that was a college. Well, he automatically has to get in your top three then. Shoot, guys, I don't know. I got some really good ones here. Mine suck. They're terrible. So I'm I'm learning quite fast that – being born in 1991 gives you zero advantage to knowing a lot of these guys. Um, 
Well, I got Vinny Testaverde in my pack, also in the creamsicles. You've heard of him, right? Yeah, he was a Jets quarterback when I was a Jets fan. I, just, I also have the second pick in the draft of this year, and I've never heard of this guy, Blair Thomas from Penn State. Anybody know if he had an NFL career that was worth anything? I could not tell you. All right. Well, I got my three. All right. I think I'm ready. I'm coming hard with my top two. My third one's a little weak. What if, like, me and you flip and we let Andy and Brandon pick who goes and then vice versa? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. You want to do your best one or how do you want to do this? Uh, you can put them in whatever order you want to, Danny. Okay. Who you got? All right. I'm going with quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Steve Walsh. Ooh, Steve Walsh. Well, since, we're, yeah. since you pulled a quarterback, I think I'm going to throw Vinny Testaverde out there. Ooh, both Miami quarterbacks. What do you think, Andy? Who do you think who do you think was the uh, better most what do we say, most successful NFL player? Or just now, who you like the best? See, I almost have to vote for Vinny just because of name recognition. As someone who grew up past ninety one, because I wasn't born until ninety one, I don't know if I even remember the name Steve Walsh, but Vinny Testaverde played well into what, two thousand three or something like that. So at least the name recognition's there. I'm going to Verde. I'm going to Yeah, I would too. I would too. All right, let's get one uh, from Brandon and Andy. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stay on the old quarterback trail, and this is an all-pro Joe Montana. Oh, that one's tough. You guys want to talk about the 1989 Super Bowl? <laughs> Not particularly. Joe Montana with a winning touchdown pass after yelling, hey, is that John Candy? And then the defense <laughs> looked up in the stands. <laughs> we talked about that before, guys. Sounds like an urban legend. Brandon, who you got against Joe Montana? That's that's well, tough. In a, I have a terrible second part. So in a game of strategy here, I'm going with uh, – not my best one because his is better than my best one. And so going with my third best one because he was an all pro the year before, Bruce Matthews guard. Ooh. Guard. <laughs> Bruce Matthews is actually a, a good one to pick, but it's hard to hard to match up with Joe Montana. It's yeah, I'm gonna go Montana, but it's cool. You say Oilers? Yeah. It's cool seeing the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah, I like those uniforms. All right, Danny, you have to throw yours out first now. Okay. Um, you all know I have Barry Sanders, so I guess I'll save him. But I'm going to show you a stud with a flat top. Howie Long. Oh, Howie so Long. <laughs> I got a good pack, you guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to counter your, your Howie Long with a little man I like to call 
Dan Marino. <laughs> Quarterback, Miami Dolphins. I'm I'm predict I'm gonna lose this one because Howie Long was not an Ace Ventura, but Brandon, you got uh, <laughs> you got Dan Marino or Howie Long? Yeah, I gotta go Dan Marino on this one. Both both I like a lot. I, I have a quote on the back of my car. I just want to read it to you. <laughs> Dan poses every threat a quarterback can possess. He has a quick release, an ability to read a defense, the arm strength and the accuracy necessary to find any receiver, and a strong will to win. You are in for a battle anytime he's on the field. I thought you knew it was going to be a quote from Dan Marino, and it was going to say, Einhorn is Finkel? <laughs> <laughs> There's our movie quote. Now is is Dan Marino an uh, an analyst for on Sundays or am I making that up? Uh, he's on one of the shows. I'll say is sure? that the the first head to head? Could we talk about which one is a better broadcaster? You pick however you want, man. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to. Howie Long's got more famous sons than uh, Dan Marino. <laughs> Two NFL sons. Yeah. Lineage. All right. Tied one-to-one, Danny. All right, Wait, Brandon. Did you... Wait, who did you pick, Andy? I mean, Dan Marino. It's hard to pick against him. <laughs> Not really when it's Howie Long, but I'll beat him with Barry Sanders <laughs> next round. So, I know you guys don't ever watch the Levitard show, but one of their, like, most famous bits is, like, because they're always, like, making fun of sports shows. So, every once in a while, they'll they'll hop in. Stu Gotts will always say, like, hey, it's the – the game is as old as time. It's Marino or Montana. Montana or Marino. So who would you guys take? Is it Marino or Montana? Montana. I'd go Montana. Right, Montana's won. I would say Marino hasn't won a Super Bowl, has he? Yeah, but he has more statistics than any other. Yeah, but when you're category. playing from behind, you're going to throw for way more. It would have beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl if he wasn't kidnapped. <laughs> All right, let's go round two of Brandon and Andy. Or am I going first on this one? Yep. Okay, so this one, this is my best card in which I have. Old Ozzie Newsom. Oof. Ozzie Newsom. He's the old general manager for the yeah. Ravens or something like that, isn't he? Yeah, you can put his uh, general manager statistics up there. <laughs> yeah. A couple of Super Bowls. He played for uh, 13 – well, at this time he'd been playing for 13 years, had had 7,740 yards, 45 touchdowns. Yeah, Solid. Not bad. Solid All right. I got all pro Tim Harris. He's outside linebacker. Ooh, I'm going with Ozzie Newsome. I've never even heard of that guy. Uh, he had 13 and a half sacks in the, the league in 88. I don't know. Oh, Ozzie that, Newsome, I'm going. Is that picture from like a Pro Bowl or something? Yeah. Yeah, he's all pro, Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you anything about either of those guys. I just I'm feeling a little bad that I got such a good pack of cards here, and you guys are pulling out Ozzie Newsome and Todd Harris. Or <laughs> all right, so 
You ready for this, Danny? Because I don't know. If, if you're throwing out Barry Sanders, it, it kind of depends on whether or not we're going for just like just football accolades or like cultural importance. Because I got a good one that I'm about to throw up there. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where the vote goes. Okay. Okay. So I'm, just, so I'm Barry Sanders. So this is who is up against Barry Sanders. Okay. So we got Barry Sanders versus. Oh, Bo Jackson. Oh, Bo Jackson. No, you can't beat Bo Jackson, in my opinion. Like, as good as Barry Sanders was, Bo Jackson is an all-time just freaking stud. So, I concede. Are you waving the white flag, Danny? But, what's, I don't know, what do these other two think? That might that second card was shown. I was like, well, I had a poster of Barry Sanders hanging up in my room when I was a kid, but I did not anticipate Bo Jackson, who was like maybe the coolest of any celebrity, athlete, anything in our era growing up. I have to go Bo Jackson on that. Man. Now, growing up as a wanting to be a running back like Barry Sanders was the the coolest guy just because he could make anybody miss and whatnot but the fact he only played what a handful of years in the NFL um whereas Bo Jackson played two sports and like had all the cool pictures where he had the cleats and the shoulder pads and the baseball bat on one like it's hard to it's hard to beat Bo Jackson I mean respect. he played he played less than a handful of years in the NFL I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll give it to you though. Bo Jackson is an all-time. That's all that's a good one. Gosh. So, who there couldn't have been a lot more guy. Really, almost anyone that you could have pulled out there that I would have been like, nope, you got it. <clears throat> Savio Bo Jackson, and I thought I had an ace up my sleeve. You two got, have another round left, or did we do our top yeah. three? Nope, last one. I mean, All this right. is pretty anticlimactic after those two. And I was going to have you guys go first, but I didn't want to didn't want to upset the apple cart. All right. So for my third card, Houston Oiler, Mike Rogier. Oh. <laughs> Tough one to beat there. I did not I did not I don't recall him playing for the Oilers. He he was like the next year with uh Falcons in uh or in, ni- in 1991, he was with the uh, Falcons, I believe. Right? You'd, uh, I'm pretty sure. You'd have me. I'm, I'd be well, making stuff up. I had uh, Albert Lewis. That's my only <laughs> other guy. He, he had an all-pro, so I was like, <laughs> I got to go. But, hey, listen to this. Here's some cold, hard facts being rained down on you. Long recognized as one of the league's top cornerbacks. Whoa. <laughs> that, well, if, that's as insane. long as he's long recognized. I, mean, a, I give that one to Andy, obviously. My Actually, uh, here's here's a Andy Butler not so humble brag. <laughs> now but what? I met Mike Rogier a few years ago at like a little golf event outing thing. And was he wearing his one of his funky hats oh yeah and that's what i was gonna say like out of the whole everyone that was on that golf course and in the little you know party that they had after 
by far the absolute coolest dude there. So just way cooler than than any of us could ever ever imagine. So yeah, Microgear gets it. Remember That's when one thing here at Menards when Menards opened in North Platte and Microgear was there. <laughs> I didn't know that. He definitely seems like a guy who doesn't pass up like a free invite to an event. That's like, especially since Nebraska football has kind of fallen on hard times. That's one of my favorite things every year when they do the, the Heisman Trophy and all the past winners come up. Like they always show everybody and they, they kind of go in order. Nebraska always has the two most like craziest dress, kind of flamboyant guys up there because Johnny Rogers is always dressed to the nines and Mike Rogier always has the craziest suit and the wildest hat on. Every single year. It's like he's taking pictures of everybody up there, you know, like you can tell yeah. he wants it. Johnny Rogers was at that golf thing too. He's definitely not as cool as Mike Rogier. <laughs> Jeez, rubbing elbows with the Husker greats, huh, Danny? Uh, only when I hit my ball off the, off the hole I was on, had to go scrounging around for it and amongst other groups. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I have a, a little trivia card here. See if you guys can get it. Now, this is obviously a little bit more challenging because it's from 1990, so you got to kind of put yourself, got a little time travel here. It says, and I'm not going to give you the multiple choice. Let's see if you guys can come up with it on your own. It says, two teams have won four Super Bowls. Name them both. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, and there. Patriots. <laughs> Not 1990. Oh, the Green Bay Packers. No, no, Cowboys. Cowboys. Negative. Cowboys aren't even a list on the list. 49ers. 49ers. This the Steelers and the 49ers both have four Super Bowls. Wow. Yeah, my my trivia question says who played with three different teams in five Super Bowls, and I don't know if I've heard of any of the choices. Marv Fleming, anybody? Preston Pearson, Charlie Waters, and Cliff Harris. I'm going yeah, Waters just because I don't know. No clue. Yeah. Well, I'm not even gonna say the answer because it doesn't matter. <laughs> This is cool, though. I don't, these are score cards, by the way. I don't know if anybody listening was into uh, – did you guys actually – were you card collectors when you were younger? I was. Your mom yeah. Mom going to be sending your card collection after she listens to this podcast? Probably. So, quick little story here about card collecting. Uh, riding from the school bus, we had a 15-mile ride from Cody to Kilgore and from Kilgore to Cody. Like that was our little both ways in the snow. So that was our little. We went a long time without Kyle bringing up his hometown. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Well, three we haven't done a pod three months, so that's probably probably the reason. But so we're on the bus ride, and this is where a lot of our card dealings went down. Like trading this one for that one, and trying to actually get some some value out of it. And so uh, I was probably a second or third grader. And one of my, he ended up being one of my really good friends, but he was an older kid at the time that I didn't really uh, like very much. He had a, a really nice, cool looking Herman Moore 
Detroit Lions card. And so uh, they were talking about trading it. And at some point, one of my really good friends and this kid were, were trying to trade for this card. So I, they told me to hold it. And I held it down by my leg for the entire bus ride. And the, the owner, who was the older kid, kind of forgot I had it. And so I ended up keeping this Herman Moore Detroit Lions card the entire time. He, didn't, he, ha- he was no, none the wiser. So when I got home, uh, I actually called on the landline my friend who lived like a block or two away from me. He's like, I was like, Landon, guess what? I still have the Herman Moore card. I'm going to bring it up to you. So he's like, dude, that's awesome. So I hop on my bike, and this is where the story actually gets really good. I live on the top of the hill. I have to go down the hill, and then I kind of through this little driveway. I'm flying down the hill. I think there must have been some snow on the ground. My back tire kind of fishtailed on me. I wrecked my bike. That being said, I had the card in my right hand, and as I fell on the ground, my right elbow hit the ground, and the card never did. I preserved the card over my <laughs> over my body. So keep them in mint condition. Yep, Herman Moore Detroit Lions. Brandon, were you a collector at all? Like I, I had a bunch, but I didn't keep track of a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have the book saying how much each one of them was worth. Uh-oh. Like I, I kept them kind of like in a box or whatever in case one day, but they're all kind of loose in there and everything. Yeah. That magazine was called Beckett, by the way. Yeah. Was magazine. Yeah. You had to have the updated version so you knew the different prices. No, I would Danny. guess that that uh, Andy's friends and everything were collecting cards, and so he did like Pokemon instead or something like that. That. Collecting cards is one of the, one of those deals where my brother was really big into it, and like I tried for you know whatever a year or whatever, and I just couldn't quite like it seemed like I was wasting a heck of a lot of money for very little return, oh. and so I kind of gave up on the detail of it and whatnot. Yeah. I would say I was into it for a while, but not good at it. Me and my friend that I stole the card for also. We both had the same copy of a basketball card and it was, his name was Sean Rooks, which I've never really heard of, but he spelled it S E A N. So because we didn't know any better for the longest time, it would, we always called him Scene Rooks. And since we both had the same copy of the card, we called it our friendship card. Like because we both had this card, that was proof that we, like we made sure we kept our friendship card where we knew it all the time. Sean Rooks, Los Angeles Lakers. Wow. I feel like, like you guys back don't there put, and uh, back there and Cody, Cody in the nineties now. Yep. I feel like you guys need to share more about your, your childhood because <laughs> that's when it that's when it gets good. All right, so we about ready to wrap this time. thing up. Yeah. All right. So there you had it. I defeated Danny. Andy defeated Brandon. So next round of the uh, the card collecting draw, uh, Andy and I will be going for the championship of the world. Uh, <laughs> so as we wrap up, uh, Danny, any extra points? Yeah, I got blisters all over my hands today because uh, 
I've never been good at golf, but I got a lot worse in the last two weeks. So I did what anyone else would do, and I ordered a new club because that should fix it. And I was out there just grinding away on the range today. It's about, what would you say, 100, 200 mile an hour winds out there, <laughs> um, 97 degrees. No idea if I got anything straightened out, only just more frustration and uh, and a couple blisters. So um, that's my final thought. I either love golf or I'm going to quit. I'm not sure. Love it. Uh, Andy, extra point. No, this was fun. I, I didn't know what it'd be like reliving the 1990 season or 1989 season. And it was good. I, I knew more people than I thought I was going to. So it was, it was fun. I hope we do it again. Brandon? Uh, tomorrow is the big 14-year anniversary of me and Ange. So. Oh, wow. So nice. that'll be cool. Happy anniversary to Angie. <laughs> that'll, that'll be cool. <laughs> Big big plans? Uh, not much. We're actually this weekend we're going to mom and dad's for their 40th anniversary, nice. and so uh, they uh, wanted me to bring like meats. So I have to grill uh, some pulled pork tomorrow. So I'm gonna try to do it tomorrow uh, before we leave. So nice so, and we'll just kind of be doing that hang out at home probably order out maybe watch a movie or something and that's yeah. about it here's proof that we don't talk about our extra points beforehand because if we knew what we were doing we would have let that uh, be the final extra point <laughs> so uh, my extra point is happy anniversary to brandon and angie congratulations <laughs>